Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. It feels like an absolute age since we were last with you, uh, obviously pre the playoffs. We all just about calmed down now. What a week it has been. An absolutely epic semi-final. And I'm so happy. I was hoping we'd be able to say these words on the pod, Tom, but we are finally, finally going to Wembley. Um, Tom, how many times have you watched the penalties, mate? It's... uh, it's been wall to wall in my house. Every time the kids want to watch some, I even made my uh, one-year-old watch them yesterday again for the third time. Uh, it's been a phenomenal few days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched them a lot. I've watched them a lot. I've watched the highlights a lot. Um, yeah, it was a well a great evening on on Tuesday, but obviously just that whole period of time has been great. And to be fair just this last week and I'm sure this next week it's all just uh you know it's what we've been wanting to do for quite some time and uh it feels slightly surreal that we've we've actually got it now and it's it's there and it's coming our way we've been joking haven't we we've been uh we've been chatting a lot obviously we were together on uh on Tuesday night for the game and ever since Tuesday we were we tend to chat a lot of rubbish anyway during the week on WhatsApp but the text messages have been um Certainly been flying this weekend. We're getting ready for, we're getting excited for Wembley, aren't we? It's, uh, we're trying to, if anyone knows of any, we're trying to find, I'm trying to find a bucket hat for like, like no tomorrow and, uh, and flags, etc. It's just great to see, isn't it? Everyone's just really excited. I must admit, since Tuesday night, I've very much been living and just re- enjoying the, the win and obviously taking it all in. There's been so many playoff failures, obviously, in the past to get that one over the line in such a, an epic and dramatic fashion like we did. It was just brilliant. But I've been really kind of stuck in that moment. I must admit now, as we draw to a close in terms of the weekend, obviously we're recording this Sunday night, it's really starting to ramp up and the excitement. And um, I think it's going to be a long, long week. And I think we're all, we all cannot wait to, to, to wake up on Sunday morning and, and, and make our way there. It's been a long time coming. As you said, the whole week has, has been special ever since that that final kick of the ball if you like on Tuesday night just, just try and sum it up what what Tuesday meant meant for the fan base as a whole the club but for you personally as well I mean how good was Tuesday night yeah amazing I think obviously you know you're going into the game and um all their forest were going in with the, with the two on win and obviously people were were confident, um, I think, in, in some respects. But obviously, also, you've got all the nerves around it and you've got the past to, to kind of deal with. And I think, obviously, I mean, personally, beating Sheffield United as well was quite uh, quite a nice thing. But also, I think, just in terms of, obviously, what, what the fans have been waiting for, to, for for so long in terms of trying to get to Wembley, and it means, it does mean a lot. It does mean a lot in terms of, um, in terms of getting that first trip to Wembley, in terms of uh, being able to, to finally experience the day and what it's actually like to go with Forest. I think it's something that we've all kind of imagined but never been able to do. Mm. Um, and also just in terms of that potential opportunity, you know, that, that's going to come with it and, um, you know, being a, a younger fan, um, well, 27, but, you know, never being able to really watch Forest in, in the Premier League and um, never get into a playoff final, never never get into Wembley with Forest, whether it new, be new or old. Um It'll be a surreal day, and I think just just the Tuesday was, yeah, it just yeah, it was everyone was on cloud nine, and it was uh, yeah, it was a day to remember, that's for sure. It certainly was a day to remember, and I think obviously we'll come and talk about we'll preview the the, the final. I, I love saying the final. Oh God, it's uh, it's been quite quite some time in the making that in itself, if you say. And um, yeah, we'll look, we'll talk about the final. 
you know, and, what, and potentially you know what it means. But for me, I've not really until this weekend, and obviously the nerves going into that second leg and in the first leg, actually, just the the overall semi final, the nerves of that semi final was something else. It was, uh, it really was. I mean, we obviously enjoyed the, the, the first leg, but I must admit, literally 10, 15 minutes after the full-time whistling that first leg, my nerves were kicked in again. And and, and obviously, the, the wait then from Saturday evening to, to Tuesday was, was literally unbearable. So it's been nice, obviously, over the last few days just to, to, to kind of relax ahead of the nerves, I'm sure. Actually, to be fair, my nerves have already kicked back in. Um, for Wembley, but it was great. It was we said, didn't we? It was um, at full time. It was or oh, oh, some time after full time because we were doing a fair bit of singing and celebrating. But it was just the thing of getting that that monkey off our back, wasn't it? About being able to break through the semi final and and just get to Wembley. Look, I, I, I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm 36, nearly 37. And and obviously I remember Forrest playing out the old Wembley. Never went though. Obviously I was, I was too young then in, the, in kind of the early nineties to go to Wembley. But I have I have memories of watching Forrest on TV at Wembley. It's been thirty years since Forrest have last stepped foot on, on Wembley. And obviously Wembley's completely changed since then. And 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 you know first and foremost it's going to be great to have the day and obviously be able to spend that that day together. And obviously, with our our group of friends as well, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Obviously, we all want to go there, and, and ultimately, the, the aim is to go there and win, and 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 that obviously will be the overriding factor. But it's just going to be a fantastic occasion, isn't it? And um, it, it it's something that we've dreamt of. It, we've we've got that monkey off our back as well in terms of being what one of only five clubs that have never played at the new Wembley. Um, it's going to be an amazing day, and you can just see what it means to. We went for drinks, didn't we, in the city uh, centre after the game on Tuesday, and we were in bars there. That you know, it was all about Forest and 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 singing Forest songs long into the night. You see the stalls in the city centre now uh, and in the surrounding areas, kind of selling Wembley merchandise. The whole feel. I mean, we've said already over this season that the whole city seems to have come on this journey with the the club and with Steve Cooper and. Uh, I don't think I've ever experienced a season. Well, I haven't ever experienced a season like this one. Um, and and you could just the the buzz around the place is just phenomenal. And I think the atmosphere. I'm sure some Forest fans will get to London early on the Saturday. The atmosphere all weekend. It, it's just going to be something else. And yeah, I, I can't wait to get there. Yeah, there's been parents waiting to take their kids, grandparents waiting to take their grandkids. You know, people just themselves wanting to get to Wembley, and it's going to be. Yeah, great day. I think, you know, that that first part of the day is going to be just just drinking it in and um, and just taking in the occasion and the day and something that I've been waiting for for so long. I'm sure once it gets to, to kick-off time, I'll be absolutely, you know, gacking my pants. But, you know, it will be a great day and I think the occasion. And, and I think that the, the feeling around the club has been there all season and the, the getting to Wembley is now a bigger celebration and representation of that but yeah as you say ultimately you get to Wembley getting to Wembley is big in itself as far as just due to how long it's been but you know you get there to to win so you know it'll be um hopefully well it will be a great day but hopefully it'll be an even greater day I know we've talked we've spoken about it a lot on the pod but I think you've hit hit a nail on the head there in terms of the the trip to Wembley is really the, the, the final chapter in what has been a, a an unbelievable season. 
if you just think about how it started to obviously how it's finished and the journey along the way, some of the games we, we talked about in the last pod, some of the games that stand out, obviously the FA Cup run, getting to the quarterfinal of the Cup and taking Liverpool all the way in that game. Yes, obviously not quite managing to get over the push Bournemouth that extra step, but the fact we were even in the hunt in the first place and, and was able to challenge Bournemouth and really hunt them down just speaks volumes. And then to respond in the manner in which Forest have done over a two-legged semi-final and the mental strength, and we've talked about the mental side of this uh, of this Steve Cooper team a lot, but to, 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 to kind of have that one final push to get over the line and get to Wembley. And he says it a lot, doesn't he, Steve Cooper, but, you know, focus on the next one. Well, there's only one left now, and it's the most important game of the season, and 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 that will will hopefully suit Forest down to the ground. But it, it's just been it's just been amazing it, the whole the whole season, the way it's come about. Um, let's just hope, obviously, it's got one one final special chapter at Wembley written next Sunday. But look, let's before we get on to Wembley, because I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about Wembley. Let's let's discuss the semi final because it was it was a brilliant semi final. We knew that that, that look, look two legs against Sheffield United. It was going to be tough. Um, there is the kind of the last day, you know, back and forth. Obviously, Forrest scoring so late on to, to then concede. And at one minute, it looked like Luton. Then it was Sheffield United. And I think not, not everyone, but I think a lot of the fan base were flat that, that you just Forrest Sheffield United as a certain, uh, well, it has a history anyway, regardless from a playoff point of view. But they, they were also a team that had a season similar to ourselves. And you knew it was going to be tough over two legs. And um, we talked, didn't we, before the first leg about getting back to the city ground, you'd take a draw at Bramall Lane, even a, a, a narrow 1-0 or one-goal defeat at worst to take that because you, you fancied Forest at the city ground. And, um, I mean, look, it was it was a tough game, wasn't it, at Bramall Lane, that one? Sheffield United started well, first five five or so minutes, and you thought, ooh, this has got a, a, a tough first leg written all over it. Forest are really going to have to step it up and... Forrest got the early lead, didn't they, through Jack Colback, Super Jack. And from that moment onwards, it was all Forrest. Forrest were rampant in that first half of Bramall Lane. It was an absolutely exceptional performance. Yeah, I mean, first legs are typically cagey. Um, the two teams trying to work each other out. Plus, no one wants to go into the second leg not not having a chance. So, they're typically cagey affairs. But once Forrest had got through that first five, ten minutes... Forest just just went for it, you know. They were they knew where the gaps were in, in Sheffield United's team. They knew how to pull them apart, and Johnson and Surridge were were doing that for fun, um, and with the help of the the midfield and and the full backs, um, getting the ball to them quite quickly. Um, and Forest were finding a lot of luck, and that first goal was a representation of that coming down from from that right hand side. And although obviously um, I think it's Zinc that misses the first one, ends up at Colback and it's one nil. And, and from there, Forest were in cruise control for for especially that first half. But you know, Forest were were looking really good. And and I think obviously what you worry about in these big occasions is is your team turning up. Well, Forest showed that and uh, they were pretty rampant. They were as well because because it's interesting. You said obviously there that, that first first legs are normally cagey, you don't want to be out of sight, you don't want to give the game, when no one wins a tie overall, do they, in the first leg, but you can certainly be, be knocked out of the tie after one leg, but but Forrest, after that five minutes, they didn't look cagey, they they looked rampant, and, and they took the game, and, and they tore Sheffield United to shreds in that first first half, and it was, you know, the way that we, we're so used to Forrest play, hitting teams 
on the transition on the counter so quickly, so effectively, stretching the game, getting the fullbacks out wide. I thought Zinconaga was absolutely exceptional, as was was Johnson, Surridge, Spence, Colback as well, moving the ball really quickly and, and hurting Sheffield United. And obviously Sheffield United's lack of mobility and pace at the back, and they were caught. They were caught out time and time again, and um, they, they they were phenomenal. And, and I suppose the only slight negative, really, wasn't it, in that first half, is that Forrest o- only got the one goal, and the, the, you know, they could have really been freeing up. And I don't think it would have flattered Forrest at half time. No, no way at all. No, I think um, there was opportunities for Forrest to cause more problems, and they were stretching them out. And Sheffield United didn't seem to have any answers. I think this is the thing with this team because it's a, a youthful team. Um, they're quick, you know. They're they've got a lot of energy, especially within the first half of games. And I suppose probably uh, the story of some of the games this season is just being being clinical enough to to really tear teams apart and finish finish teams off at their at their strongest, which is which is early doors at times. Or if they've reserved the energy from the first half, then they can go and break after that. But. Yeah, you know, they certainly looked looked better than one nil as they as they went into half time, and I think that was the concern. Really, you were you were worried, really, that that Forest had, had wasted chances that that um, that was going to come back and bite them. We all know how football is and, and the way that football works, and um, if if you miss chances, that that can sometimes come back to haunt you. It was, but I, I just thought that first half really set the tone for the overall tie. I think it was brilliant. I just thought Forest was superb, but they were written up. I mean, they weren't written off widely coming into this, but there was a few question marks that were put on Forest, you know, after the the Bournemouth defeat. Obviously, the whole setback, which you know we, we didn't see as a setback from from inside, I suppose, you know, Forest supporters and the Forest camp because of the amount of changes and the context around that game. But a lot of people from outside of the the club and outside of Forest, and you know, we're, we're was semi-writing Forest off because had the momentum gone, had the form gone, you know, Sheffield United came into this game off the back of three wins, obviously, and, and ripped Fulham to shreds on the last day of the season. So the momentum had, had, had seemingly shifted, apparently, coming into this game. Well, I mean, that was completely uh, unjustified, I think, anyway. And it was certainly put to the sword in that first half. As I say, Forest rampant. And if there was any concerns whatsoever about the form that, that, that Forrest were coming into this tie on, they were quickly gone, weren't they? I think anyone that thought Forrest were, were there for the taking, it made them stand up and realise what a good side, both footballing-wise but mentally, this Forrest side are. And I think a lot of the, the, lot of the lessons that they potentially learned at Bournemouth on that, on, that, on that night, they kind of brought into this game and, and it probably helped them to some extent. Yeah, it's it's a case of not being scared. They, they obviously, you know, the, the the noise was due to missing out on on second place. Whether that was going to make them deflated, and then obviously the last game of the season changes are made, and and they couldn't quite get that win, and and obviously gave up the the win really in some respects in the last minute, and obviously that's where the media noise is. But actually, the truth is is that it it gave it gave some players the much needed time to to have a bit of rest. Um, heading into this and, and the rest helps because you could see how energetic they were in that first half um, and and they they yeah they, they answered their critics in that respect like I said I think the, the missed opportunities and, and a bit of rust in that respect was was there but they certainly with their performance 
answered a lot of the questions that that we were probably worried about going into it. Yeah, second half that that, that afternoon, you knew that Sheffield United were going to come back into it. They they were obviously hurt by that first half performance, and Forest definitely had to withstand some pressure, didn't they? Um, I wouldn't say Samba was being peppered, but the the, the momentum in that start of that second half was was with Sheffield United, as, as, as I said, as you would expect. Forest though get that all important uh, second goal. Great work from the substitute Lolly, wasn't it? He came on, did, did he did superbly well um, to to keep pressure. What Forest were doing all afternoon actually, which is why they were even so effective in the first half, was you know pressuring Sheffield United high up the pitch, and that's where the second goal came from, wasn't it? Joe Lolly who came on and it was really I thought he played really well when he came on and he was hustling and he was. He was making a nuisance of himself and he put the Sheffield United defender under pressure, laid it off. I think it was probably a, 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 a block shot, that, but ends up finding its way to Brennan Johnson, who just cool as you like, a lovely finish, difficult finish to be fair, shoves it in the top corner and Forrest are absolutely in ecstasy there at 2-0. But it just showed you again all of the qualities that we've come to expect from Forrest this season, didn't it? And they, they, they really did... Deserved that second goal. As I say, they should have had it in in the first half. But to go 2-0 up away at Bramall Lane with, with, with 20 minutes still on the, the clock, um, it was a great place to be, wasn't it? Yeah, thoroughly deserved. And I think, if anything, we deserved more. But getting the second, I think, was a bit of a sad relief. Like you said, I think Sheffield United fought a bit more in that second half and it showed probably a bit of a different qualities that, that Forrest needed in that second half, where instead of the first, where it was a bit more flair, energy, pace, the second was a bit more physical and, and having to try and turn the momentum and turn the tide. And and they did that. And the, and the Brennan Johnson goal was was much needed. And and uh, obviously everyone was on, on an absolute cloud nine. And at 2-0, you're looking pretty happy and pretty comfortable for for what you hope is a then straightforward end to the match. Well, yeah. I mean, look, at 2-0, Keenan Davis comes on. Uh, great to see Keenan back. Was it? it was a huge boost actually before the match to see Keenan Davis on the team sheet as a, on the substitutes bench, and obviously made an impact, didn't he? When he came on in, in, his, in his usual style, quite direct but brilliant at holding the ball up. But when he runs at players, they you know they can't handle him, and it was the same here. And I thought he was exceptional when he came on. But Forrest unlucky not to get the third. You know, a great block in the end by I think it was Egan. Who um, who got the blocking on Johnson when it looked like like almost certain that he'd put Forest Freeland in front. And at that point, if that third goal had gone in on that, I mean, you would. It's never set in stone, but three 0 away from home, bringing Sheffield United back to the City Ground would have almost have been game set and match. It was some block that one, wasn't it? Yeah, three 0 You're looking you're looking pretty comfortable going into second. You'd like to think coming coming back to the City Ground. I'd say you know bringing on Keenan. What he does is, I think, think if anything, actually the away leg suited Brennan and, and Surridge a little bit more just due to how Sheffield United set up and weren't, weren't prepared to, to take on the pace of Forrest. But but what happens is, you know, you take Surridge off and, and they're probably breathing a sigh of relief and you see Keenan Davis is willing to just ruffle them up and battle them and get run at them and, and just barge them out of the way. Um, and the, you must be thinking as a defender, oh, Jesus wept, I thought thought today was going to get a little bit easier then and it didn't and, and you know yeah you know if, if Forrest can finish that chance off which is you know good defending in the end it's not not bad finishing at all but you know Forrest can, can finish that chance off you are heading into the city ground I think um, 
you're probably being Forest fans, you probably still feel, wouldn't I'd feel I'd have been nervous, mate. I'd have been yeah. nervous, but um, yeah, not as nervous as I ended up. But, well, yeah, not as nervous as I ended up being. Obviously, Sheffield United score a, 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 a well, classic as a consolation goal, if you like, on the day. But we said at the time, didn't we? We felt like a, a, a huge goal. Sheffield United scoring from a, a corner in the 91st minute. You hoped that that, that goal wouldn't prove to be costly, but it certainly changed the whole complexion of the afternoon, didn't it? And we couldn't help but feel, you know, absolutely delighted that, that Forrest had gone to Bramall Lane in the first leg of a playoff and, and got the win. And, and and of course, if you'd have offered me a 2-1 before the game, I would have snapped your hand off. Who wouldn't have done? But in the nature of the match, how it went, and Forrest absolutely dominating, I'd say, for, for two-thirds of that match, to then only come away with a, a, a one-goal lead as opposed to a two-goal lead, you just hope that wouldn't come back and haunt them. And it did take the gloss off it a little bit. I mean, the Steve Cooper, I thought his interview after the game was absolutely brilliant in terms of uh, he knows from, a, I suppose, from a psychology psychology point of view, in terms of how you know he came out and he was positive and he was like, "Look, it happens. So we've got two games here. These things happen. Let's move on. It's all about Tuesday night." But from a fan base point of view, it was just slightly nervous. I mean, it was still, as I say, it was still a fantastic afternoon. And the fact that Forrest went there and 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 took them to the sword as they did. Sheffield United don't lose games, you know, too often at Bramall Lane. Um, and but it was a bit of a blow, wasn't it? That one. Yeah, it felt a bit of a cheap goal to give away, and um, and obviously. You know, I think there was quite a few people who, who we spoke to after the game that felt like that goal was quite important in terms of in terms of the overall tie and and what you know Sheffield United can do if they come back to the city ground. It obviously was a huge up. I mean, it's a it's a goal that helps and it's a goal back already for you even have to go away to the city ground and it changes the complexion of what they have to do. But I do think what Steve Cooper did was was important because I do think some people when they were speaking about the goal, it, it felt like. Um, life and death. You know, it was it was it was a goal back, and of course, any goals are important. And unfortunately, a cheap goal, which which Steve Cooper would not have been happy with. Um, but ultimately, get before the game, I think people would have been quite happy to to you know not go away with a defeat. And I know that might sound a bit pessimistic, but I think you know going into the city ground, we were confident before the tie, and probably away from the city ground was where we just wanted to make sure that that we could do the job when we got back home. Um, obviously, we all know how it worked out in the end. So, But, but you know, the 2-1 the after that tie had finished was was a, a hugely good result and still is a hugely good result. Obviously, a very important result. But but the 2-1, you know, the one goal, um, you would have taken 2-1 before the game had started. But those goals can make the difference in the end, that odd goal. And uh, it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate because it... You know how good Forest had been and how switched on they've been. It was just one lapse of concentration. Forest, therefore, obviously favourites coming into the to the second leg. It, it's a, it didn't make that didn't make me feel any more comfortable. It didn't help my nerves. That that's that's the case. Obviously, this is Forest. After all, we only have to go through the archive of previous playoffs to to know why. Obviously, as a fan base, we were probably quite nervous and concerned. They're obviously the people that were confident, and, and you have to be confident in this team in terms of what they've delivered but this is a playoff after all and and, and the nerves were were certainly uh were certainly ramped up as I say I think I lasted about 10 minutes after the game on Saturday and they kicked straight back in really hard to focus on anything else coming into this one Chef United were certainly doing plenty of talk Tom weren't they in the build-up Paul Heckingbottom suggesting that uh 
that Forrest already thought that they were at Wembley after going 2-0 up and uh, that they were probably slightly uh, disrespectful. Jack Robinson then ramping it up on the day of the, the second leg itself, saying that the way that Forrest celebrated their second goal was completely disrespectful. Um, Forrest completely choosing to say nothing and just really focusing on the on the match itself. It was, um, I mean, look, the atmosphere was a different level again at the City Ground. The fans were were up for it. It was hard not to. Tuesday night under the lights at the City Ground, we've said it time and time again, but it's a special place to be. It felt like we, we, we got there fairly early doors and we were there mid-afternoon. And again, whenever you, you know, in, in and around the pubs, in and around the ground, it was the whole place was was buzzing. We got in the ground early, didn't we? And um, got to our seats really early. And it, the whole ground was 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 a sight to behold, wasn't it? And the whole ground was was pretty full. Everyone seemed to take their seats early for this one. Plenty of flags, the fours of banner again. But, you know, Sheffield United trying to stoke it up. I don't really think it, it, it worked necessarily to start with um, in, in terms of, um, of, of of their mind games, if you will. But it was certainly made for, it was an edgy atmosphere and, a, and a, an intimidating evening, I think, from an atmosphere from a, you know, Forest wanted to replicate the type of atmosphere as at Bramble Lane. I think they probably weren't one better. Yeah, I think I think the the mind games, the the media games. Um, obviously, managers will try and do anything that's kind of part of their job, and I think um, it works for them in terms of stoking themselves up. I don't think it did anything for for Forest, but I do think you saw at the City Grounds that they were certainly um, edgier than they were in that in that first leg, and certainly a bit more fiery than they were in that first leg. And I think they had to, and I think I think they were trying to. To, to put the warning signs on and, and scare Forrest a little bit. I don't think it did that for Forrest, but I certainly think it stokes themselves up. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, of the comments around the atmosphere, I think the atmosphere in the ground was amazing. I think it was, um, the fans were absolutely fantastic and obviously another amazing display by by Forza Garibaldi in terms of pre-match. And and we all know those those things, the players love them, the team love those kind of displays and it does, it does help them. Um, and and we needed everything for this because we all knew heading into this one, regardless of Forrest coming back to to sit ground with the win. And although you know we were saying before the ties that that Forrest you know, going at home, you're always confident with Forrest. We knew as a result of them getting that last minute goal, it was going to be a fight, and and they weren't going to roll over at all. Um, and and we 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 certainly got a fight. Yeah, we did. I mean, it started off really early doors, didn't it? I mean. It was a good start to the game, but Sheffield United getting an early chance, Samba making a, a, a brilliant save when it was you know, a one-on-one situation. And that really set the tone of the evening. We'll come back and we'll talk about Samba a lot, won't we, in this one. But um, Forrest did take the lead again through, through Brennan Johnson. Superb ball down the, the left, wasn't it, from McKenna who found Surridge. And it was just, it was just a textbook Forrest goal this season, wasn't it, in terms of getting in behind, down the channels, I thought Surridge was absolutely superb uh, in terms of his 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 running and his ball in was beautifully weighted. And I tell you what, it's a cracking finish for Brady Johnson because the pace on that ball that is required to beat the defender, but the ability to slide in and tuck it beautifully in the top corner. I mean, it just absolute scenes when that goes in. I, I kind of um, I've, I'm still my legs are still covered in bruises now um, from the aftermath of that goal. And at three one on aggregate one 0 on the night. Even in that early stage, you really fancy it then, don't you? I mean, were you confident when that one went in? I don't think it was game over when that one went in. I was probably surprised about how the goal came about because it was exactly what Forrest was doing in the first leg. And 
you know, you would have thought that Sheffield United, I think they did eventually within the game, sort sort that out. Um, but but it was exactly how they played the first leg, and that's how they got that first goal. And and it was a lovely run in by Sorridge. Great finish by Brian Johnson. It was a needed moment as well because I felt like Sheffield United were really getting in Forest faces in the first first period of that first half. Um, and getting that goal on the 17th, 19th minute, whatever it was, mm. um, I think was really important because Forrest were able to then turn the tide slightly. Um, but I wasn't confident still at that point. I think, I think you know, from what we saw before that goal, we knew that Sheffield United were going to have opportunities. Um, and they were a team that we, 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 we saw in terms of the result that they had against Fulham that they just started actually getting into their show. The one, the one problem with Sheffield United this season had been taking their opportunities and just on that last game of the season, they'd started taking them. Um, so so it was something we had to be aware of. And I think uh, the good thing is, is that Forrest in that first half started turning the tide, like I said, but it was it was definitely, you know, needing to be switched on at all moments for the, for the remainder of the game. We spoke about it having an edge to it. It's certainly, you know, one nil down on the night. Sheffield United again needed to try and find something to try and probably get themselves going and 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 rile themselves up. And the the manager Heckebottom tried his best having a go in on Spence when he when he basically shoves the ball into Spence's midriff and started uh, started a bit of a pile up of bodies that, that didn't land too well. So that that kind of Kind of manifested itself throughout the remainder of that first half, and but it was it was a, a a good move from Steve Cooper, wasn't it? Who held his players back at half time, let Sheffield United go down the tunnel, and then Forrest followed them and uh, and made sure it was clear to do so because you could just see what the Sheffield United tactics were in terms of trying to ruffle a few feathers, get the get the you know play on the mind games, but certainly try and entice a, a Forest player into making a a, a hot headed mistakes, trying even the tie up if you like from a uh, well, try to get a Forest player sent off to try and give them a chance. It was um, it was a, an interesting moment and, and probably did work, didn't it, Tom, in terms of the way that Sheffield United started the second half? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone's talking about the, the heck-bottom thing in terms of him losing his head. I think it was... It was he knew what he was doing there, didn't he? He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing and he was he was trying to ruffle both again, I think, his players and, and, the, and the Forest players. I think he was... He was trying to create an atmosphere that was fiery that, that would probably work more for them. You know, we can see the the difference in experience and the difference in age between this this Forest group and the Sheffield United group. Um, and I think you know he was trying to play that into his hands a little bit. I think Steve Cooper keeping his players back was the was one hundred percent the right thing to do as they went into the into halftime tour because we were we were facing a, a battle from then on and it was going to be a fiery fiery remainder of the game and I think keeping them out of trouble and making sure no one lost their heads at any moment of the game was was going to be pivotal to the small margins that were probably going to come in that second half. Yeah, and obviously as I say, Sheffield United scoring within the first two minutes of the second half really set set the tone, didn't it? I know you said you talked about a minute ago about how Sheffield United probably nullified Forest strengths. I think Forest actually did really well in that and that the goal was 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 perfect, and I think the strengths that Forest have, I don't think you can, I don't think you can nullify them fully because when you've got pace and the power and the directness that Forest have got, that's always an edge. But I think the tone of the game changed because Sheffield United scored so early on. It was almost, I think uh, Colin Frey said it on a on a separate 
uh, podcast, isn't it, in the last couple of days, it, it's almost very reminiscent of Bramall Lane back in 2003 in terms of, you know, Chef United getting that goal straight or back after the interval, if you like, to to get it back to 3-2 on aggregate. And that second half was tough going. I mean, there wasn't really much else in it until obviously Chef United then get the second goal with 15 minutes to go. And you couldn't really help it, could you? And Chef United made it 2-1 on the, on the, on the night and 3-3, therefore, on aggregate. There was a slight... There was a slight feeling of here we go again, wasn't there? I thought I thought the gra- I thought the crowd and the ground was unbelievable, by the way, at that point. And even throughout the whole of the second half and then well into extra time, when the crowd sensed that, that, that Forrest needed a boost and they needed a lift, it was great, wasn't it, in terms of people getting off their feet and, and, and really raising the atmosphere. And Steve Cooper talks about that after the game. And I think even with that goal, 15 to go, it, it just... It, the crowd lifted and, and I think the players really needed it because uh, they, I wouldn't say they were hanging in, but mentally, mentally that was there for another challenge and another barrier to get through, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought the, the two goals were were soft again. I think I think the two goals that Forrest gave away, I think um I think they were they were they were stoppable. Um but you know, but they happen. Um there's a hint of tiredness in both goals. So well, that's what I was about to say. I think I think the, the, the legs were going, which was which was obviously a concern. We we know how big that, that run of games were at the end of the, the normal season and how well Forrest and how much energy Forrest had put into that run. And you're just really concerned. I think when you go two one down and, and three three on aggregate, you do feel a bit like you said. Here we go again. The one thing I would say, again, like you said, is I've seen so many, many crowds in, in, the, in the forest ground and flop, not flop, but, but kind of go yeah. down with the team in a way. Um, the noise becomes non-existent and, and the team then becomes stunned and and then it's a, it's an easy, easy rest of the game for the opposition. But, but the forest crowd stops that on this occasion and, and what I would say actually is for all the forest tiredness in the in that period of the game I actually thought they ended the second half quite well and I thought you know that the likes of Keenan Davies and, and Joe Lolly who came on added a bit of energy I thought Keenan Davies changed the game in terms of forest needed something very different I said that Surridge and Brennan Johnson worked so well in the in the first leg and were able to get in. Obviously, it worked for the goal on, on this occasion in the home leg as well, but I think Forrest then needed to ask a different kind of question as the game changed. Keenan Davies answered that question in some respects and got in their faces a bit more and gave gave room for the other players. And, and Forrest did seem to find a bit of a second wind where Sheffield United were then starting to themselves look slightly leggy, I thought. Um, and I think that's also, in, in some credit, it, you know, to the crowd in, in some respects because... You know the players probably could could feel that that there was still something in this for for Forrest to take, and that they weren't going down without a fight. And and I felt um, you know the two goals came. Like I said, you did feel a bit a bit here we go again. But I do feel the end of the second half gave gave you the confidence that that this wasn't game over at all. Sheffield United would have played on, and if they could get back into the game, that the crowd at Forest might might turn, or the or the atmosphere might you know not. Crowd wouldn't turn. That's wrong, but the atmosphere might deflate somewhat. As I think, well, probably what they were playing on. Heckingbottom even said himself coming into the game that it might have a different feel if, if Forrester pegged back and obviously Sheffield United is putting pressure on. That might change the atmosphere and, and obviously how happy all the fans be at that point. 
I think it, it completely backfired on them that in terms of if that was their expectation. I say it didn't happen. That, that's huge credit. Well, yeah, I think I think I think in some respects, him saying that in public was maybe you know I said that his tactics worked in firing Sheffield United, you know, getting making them a bit more fiery. I think actually in some respects, him saying that in public worked against him for because the Forest fans knew exactly what they wanted. You know, that they, they gave on a plate the, the answer that the Forest fans needed to answer themselves. And, and it was all over Twitter. You know, it didn't take long for those kind of headlines to get out these days. And um, everyone knew exactly what, what Heckenbottom wanted to happen. And it was then Forest fans' job to, to make sure that didn't happen. I think, and, it uh, highlighted, I think it just highlighted again, though, mate, didn't it, in terms of the, the togetherness of the club. Right? And we talked about that a lot. And, and obviously, it gets, you know, the, the bonds between the players, the manager and the supporters... He's second to none. I don't think we've we've had that bond for for a very 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 long time, um, and I mean a very long time properly. And I think it shows then that, that the fans can see it when when the boys need a bit of a dig and need a bit of a help. Then that then that's our job. That's that's there for, for that's where we can play our part and we can respond. It'll be the same next Sunday at Wembley as well. And I think that that will that will show and it does show. And I think, yeah, I agree with everything you've just said. I thought Davis coming on was huge. I mean, he was outstanding. Anyone, everyone who watched that game who isn't a Forest fan, who watched the game on telly, all they said to me when I got back to work this week was, that boy can play, didn't he? He changed the game. There was one moment in the second half of uh, of, of, of injury time that, that he just took on about four or five players and Sheffield United couldn't get the ball off him. And I think towards the end of the game, Sheffield did have one big chance for Endoy, didn't they? Uh, he kind of, he, he probably should have done better. He was a mile offside, but wasn't flagged. Ball ended up going over the bar. But Forrest were pushing, and, and obviously James Garner going close, right at the death. But yeah, extra time. You felt that Forrest had the edge. The, the first half of extra time was, was completely uneventful. As I think it's you hit the nail on the head. It was Forrest had actually got a second wind. Sheffield United looked like they bolted, um, and that actually they they were looking to almost play out extra time to get to penalties. Um, they still had big chances, didn't they? Well, Forrest first of all in, the, in that first period of um, sorry in the second period of extra time, Lolly had a big chance when he cut inside. Uh, well, there's one chance where he cut inside. There's another chance where the ball was fed in, and it looked like all he had to do was kind of bend it in the far corner and completely slips and mishits it. And obviously, Johnson does really well uh, from a Spence cross, which was you know, an acrobatic chance, but straight down the keeper's throat. Um, I mean, look, the, the the big talking point, I suppose, well, there's two talking points at the other end of the pitch. One, how did Samba keep out in Doyle's chance literally with about two minutes left on the clock? Um, and second of all, how bad was Robinson's dive? <laughs> well, obviously, everyone's talking about Samba's heroics from, from the penalty shootout, but there's a few good saves he's made throughout the whole game and that, that being one of them, which was, which was very impressive and, and keeps Forrest having an opportunity. And it's about as you know, we obviously spoke about how well they, the end, you know, have ended maybe the second half with an opportunity and, and this second half of the extra time. Um, but, you know, Sheffield United was still having opportunities and that was such a big, big save to keep Forrest in the game. Um, I mean, the Jack Robinson dive, I mean, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I'm watching it live in the stadium, I'm thinking, oh, what's happening there? Um, <laughs> but actually, I'm, I'm thinking, for intents and purposes, knowing the referees that we've had this season, he's given a penalty. I actually thought, uh, I actually thought the ref was good on Tuesday, but apart from bottling that and not sending him off, because that would have been one of the biggest cheers of the night. 
given the absolute uh, tripe that that uh, Jack Robinson was spouting prior to the match. But just going back to the Robinson, well, I don't think we need to dwell on on, uh, on Jack Robinson too much. Don't, don't really talk about him too much. But the Samba save, are they the moments where you start to think, and someone said this to me a couple of days ago, are they the, the moments where you start to believe that it, 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 it's, it's your year? When you're starting to get... Because I would say it's a great save. He, he's only got one option there to make himself big. And I think he probably saved it with his studs at the bottom of his boot. Are they the moments where you start to believe that this is the year that Forrest can do it? Because in those instances, they're starting to get a little rub of the green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone said something similar to me the other day. Maybe it was the same person, who knows. But Probably. Um, probably. Um, but, yeah, I can, I can see where that's coming from. I mean... <clears throat> You can argue over the two legs. There was there was things you could sense going in both directions because you could argue that Forrest missing the mass amount of chances they had in that first leg and Sheffield United to get the goal back. The story and the narrative was there to show that they were going to come back in the second leg. Then you could argue that the, the saves and the moments that, that Samba has were saying that actually Forrest were going to finish his job off. You could also argue that they missed chances as well. So, uh, Forrest, I'm saying there. So, you know, you could argue that. I mean, I get what, what people are saying and, and it is those kind of moments which, which kind of spur you on. I have to say on the evening, that's not the way I was thinking. Um, on the no, evening, well, I was... About you, <laughs> you look petrified. <laughs> on the evening, I was thinking this is, um, this is definitely not going in the direction that I wanted it to, but... Yeah, I can see that. I can see, you know, Forrest getting through on the way they did, obviously. I know we've not spoken about the, the penalty shootout yet, but, you know, those key moments and and the way that they've gone about it and they've never gone about it in the semi-final that way um, okay. before, obviously. Um, obviously, it's not... Wait, it's not let's, let's talk about the penalties, because, again, yeah. like getting through a semi-final on penalties, it, 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 it's such a, you know... Two two matches, two you know, two matches and the teams can't be separated. It's all down to a penalty shootout. I I've I've never been at the city ground for a penalty shootout. And um I must admit, given Forrest not necessarily this year, which has not been too bad from penalties this year, but in recent years, given Forrest, I suppose, hit and miss yeah, that's probably a good way of summing it up. Hit and miss penalty record, then I, I can't say I was hugely confident. But actually, I can't say I was hugely Concerned either. It was just a lottery, isn't it? Penalties are just a lottery. You hope for the best and you see what happens. It was, um, it was, a, it was just a, a tense affair, and um, it took forever that penalty shootout to almost get going. Obviously, the two teams, Cooper seemed really organised. Heckingbottom seemed a bit frantic. Obviously, then you know it, it, it's decided that it's being taken down at the Bridgeford end. Oliver Norwood and Sheffield United, whatever you know, they're taking the penalty first. He makes his way down. It seems to take forever for the two goalkeepers. Michael Over then calls the goalkeepers over, wants to chat. Samba then takes forever to get to the goal and then obviously spends a lot of time sorting his socks out, sorting his boots and looking at the magic water bottle, Tom. Let's talk about the magic water bottle. Forrest are obviously very prepared for this penalty shootout, which is great to see. They've covered every base. They've covered all eventualities. Just absolutely brilliant. He's just a master Samba at, um, at, at psychology. And the players were saying actually afterwards, um, Sam Sorridge was saying on Talk Sport the day afterwards that, that Samba looked brilliant in training. He's, he's, he's the expert. And actually, he's done pretty well in the Forest shirt in terms of saving penalties. And um, he, 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 he got us off to a great start, didn't he, in terms of saving the first two. 
the first save against Ollie Norwood, who who was probably stood on the penalty spot for a good ninety seconds, uh, while Samba did his bit. It was just an absolutely brilliant start, and you could just you know you could feel the sense of relief around the ground that Forrest had got off to a strong start, and then followed up by young Brennan Johnson putting uh, putting the penalty miss at Bramall Lane in March to bed to to, to get Forrest one 0 up, and uh, and as I say, then Samba makes the second save, which is even arguably even better in terms of the bottle to just stand there and stick out a right arm, not dive. And it obviously that's another magic moment, isn't it? Saves it, deflects onto the bar down and uh, Forrester away. It was just a brilliant start to the penalty shootout. You were still not confident though. I don't think you smiled once. Well, I was keeping my cool. I was keeping my cool. <laughs> we, know, we know how these things can go. No, I think, you know, Steve Cooper had hinted that they'd prepared. Well, I say hinted, he, he said. He said it. Um, he said <laughs> he didn't really go into to too much detail because he said we might need to, to keep that detail to ourselves before before the final. I hope not as well. That would give me a heart well, attack. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you were saying in terms of whether we had confidence in this team going into a penalty shootout. I'll be quite honest, you know, when I looked at the two sides, I was thinking maybe... You know, experience and now-wise, maybe you know if you had to pick pick one of the squads for a penalty shootout, you might have gone for Sheffield United. Um, but but Samba, you know, had the perfect start. You know, to to start off the penalty shootout with Forrest scoring theirs and Sheffield United missing theirs. You know, it was it was the momentum swing. You know, we speak about momentum a lot, and we spoke about it in this leg, this one game. You know, a lot um, and how the momentum swung and how Forrest needed to to get it back and, and the penalty shootout, you know, we could see where the energy was and, and the penalty shootout was a, a definition of that, you know, and, and Samba picked up all the pieces and was able to to stop that. And yeah, great save. The first one in particular is, is a very good save, um, you know, probably because of the, the chaos of the day, you know, uh, maybe the saves haven't gone into too much detail. So obviously, no, everyone's talking about the saves, but not, not the exact nature of them. But the first one is 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 very good. Um, and the one with his hand is, you know, it probably does come from that old magic water bowl. You know, it's, it is, he knows exactly what to do. They've obviously spoke, spoken through it. They've gone through every individual and they've told him exactly, and he's, he's agreed and he's done his analysis. And he knows exactly what to do. And and he sees the ball coming towards him, you know, it says stand or, or stay or whatever it does say on the water bottle. And he does. And, and all he needs to do is lift a strong arm up and he and he's got it. Um and, and it was a it was an absolute uh, goalkeeping masterclass from a penalty shootout. Um and you know, he's the kind of person, you know, he spoke there about how long he was taking. You know, by that that end of the game we're speaking about how how maybe Sheffield United lost their edge in energy. Or just think about you're one of those penalty shootouts because you've got to stand there whilst he's farting about with his water bottle reading all his instructions that he's given himself <laughs> and, you know, whacking himself down and doing what he's doing and just making the odd face and jiggling about. You know, you're thinking, oh, I don't need this right now. Yeah. Um, and, and it was brilliant. It was very good. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Obviously, Forrest, get, get a bit of luck with Cafu's penalty, but I'll say chuff for Cafu. I mean, the ultimate club man. Uh, absolutely brilliant and, and, and Cookie's penalty and the emotion after Cookie's penalty was, was outstanding so Forrest executed it very well Lolly was obviously set up to, to to end the tie and put Forrest through his penalties uh, his penalty obviously went over the bar and it was all up to Samba to, to win it at the end again another great penalty from, from Morgan Gibbs-White who I thought had an excellent game for Sheffield United so the pure emotion when that last penalty uh, was saved will, will, will stay with me forever I think 
Um, it was just, it was a really, really, really special moment. I think it's fair to say we, we obviously shared a tear. It was, uh, I think it was just raw emotion. You, you, you saw that. And obviously we were still in the ground, weren't we? I think we, we left the ground about 10 past 11. It's probably the latest I've ever been at the city ground. Um, there was just, there was just great scenes in terms of when the players and Steve Cooper were eventually able to come out um, and, and share the moment with the fans. It was great to see. And uh, it was just, it was just brilliant. I mean, all round, you have to give credit to Sheffield United after the first leg. They responded uh, and it just set up for a, a cracking, albeit far too tense for my liking, night on Tuesday. But Forest were, were, were absolutely superb at Bramall Lane, potentially rode their luck at the city ground. But, I mean, Tom, overall, Forest deserved it, didn't they? I'd, I'd say probably over, over um Three out of the four halves of football, the main halves of football. Forest, probably, you know, Forest were the better side in this one, and uh, fully deserved to make it through to Wembley. Yeah, I think Forest edged it. I think, um, I think over the over the two legs, Forest do in terms of the quality that they showed at times. Did did edge it? I think did they get some luck on the way? Yeah, but I think in the in the playoffs, you need it. You know, we've seen so many times where the luck has very much gone against Forest in the big games, on the big occasions and in the playoffs. And um, it's very rare that Forrest get get a, a slice of luck, you know. And also the quality that they've got, you know. I'm not saying everything was down to luck because as far as shows, showed their quality. Like I said, I think Forrest were the better over the two legs. But, but you know, the momentum, you know, was with Forrest. And it was a it was a big thing and a big occasion to, to do. A, to, as you've already said, to get that kind of... Uh, out the way in terms of constantly losing playoff semi-finals and never feeling like you're going to go to a playoff final and, and progress at all. Um, but also just, just I don't think anyone feel, feel, felt this team deserved to to end the season in, in the manner in which it ended in terms of the regular season. And it certainly w- they wouldn't have been deserving to have lost on their own pitch considering the records that they had in a playoff semi-final in, in, in that way. So... I think the, the the fans deserve it. The players deserved it, and I think it was a it was a great occasion. Definitely a great night. Do you know what? I can't add anything else to that. I think that's just a great way to to end that part. And um, yeah, I'll just echo everything that you said there. It was just a a, a brilliant evening, and obviously we uh, we enjoyed it long into the night time, didn't we? Wednesday was definitely a difficult day, but um, let let's move on to Sunday. Then it feels a bit surreal. We're talking about going. To play a final of the playoffs at Wembley. First time we've been there for, as we said at the start, we've been there for 30 years. And after four failed playoff attempts, we finally made it. Um, we've, we've talked about it already in terms of what it means. It, 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 it's, it's just, it's brilliant, isn't it? And I think we're, we're, all, we're all looking forward to it. As I said at the start, since Tuesday, we've all been focused on just reliving those moments. I'm not going to lie to you, once I finish this pod, Probably just gonna have one more view of the penalties tonight, and then put it to bed, and then it's all focus on Wembley, isn't it, for the next week? Um, the, the excitement is is definitely ramping up. Huddersfield, are the team will face. Obviously, they beat Luton two one uh, over the two legs. Did you watch either of those two legs? I thought Huddersfield were were, were good in parts, and probably um, I think the draw in the first it was the, the first game of their semi final finishing. 1-1, I thought in the second half, they, they really, sorry, in the second, well, second half, second leg, I thought they really struggled with Luton being the, the better side by far and 
And obviously, it's a set-piece goal, something that we know Huddersfield are renowned for, that, that gets them through Jordan Road right at the end, um, putting Huddersfield through to, to, to faces. And, um, you know, they are, a, they are a good side. We've played them three times so far this season, Tom. Um, two wins, one defeat. Can you take... Well, first of all, what are your thoughts in terms of Huddersfield's own playoff semi-final journey? And, and of the games that we've played them so far this season, can we read too much into that as we go into a playoff final? So, I think in terms of Huddersfield's semi-finals, I think, to be honest with you, I think it's quite interesting in terms of probably the, the, the teams that were matched up were were probably always going to be the best games in terms of style, in terms of how they can, can affect each other. So, I think the two teams that have met who are now going to meet in the final, I should say. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. And I think, you know, it's third and fourth that, that are, are, are playing each other. I thought, like you said, Luton and, and, and Huddersfield, it was probably two cagey affairs, cagier than the, than yeah. the Forest Sheffield yeah. United ones. I think everyone watched the Luton-Huddersfield games before they watched ours and, and, and both legs and thought, oh, if ours is going to be like this, is ours going to be like this? And it, the neither, neither, you know, you could say, which is why I think the two styles of teams just, just, just so interesting how they were, how they obviously not matched up, it's where they finished the table, but I just thought they were, were good semi-final matches in terms of the two the two games that we had. Um, you know, Huddersfield, we saw glimpses of what they do and what their threat is, which is very much that they're, they're well-organised in some respects and, and can hit you. Especially on a um, on a set piece, um, but Luton did did make you know make it really difficult for him. Um, and obviously, we thought that ourselves. You know, when when we considered playing, you know, if we were going to get Luton or, or Sheffield United, we thought that the the Luton one would be difficult in itself. Even though that's who who everyone wanted, I think Luton definitely offered that, and they offered the fight. You've got to think that was a Luton team that that were a little, you know, kind of um, weathered in terms of the, the players that they had available. Um, but I think, you know, Huddersfield looked, the first leg, I thought they looked more impressive than the second. But, you know, I don't think, you know, your second coming on to your second question, I don't think you can take the semi-finals um, as a representation of what we're going to see in the final uh, from either side. Because um, I think this this break that we've got since, since the two semi-finals, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the two teams. Um, and I think in terms of the record that Forrest have got against Huddersfield this season, as much as, you know, you, you could say, well, the fact that Forrest have beaten Huddersfield twice and, and the one game that they lost, actually, they were the better team. Um, surely that's a representation that this, should, this is a good opportunity for Forrest. On the other hand, I also think a, a playoff final are often won by just one moment of, of, of quality, and and again another slice of luck uh, and who that is is with as you as you go into the final. I'm not saying it's got nothing to do with quality. You know, Forest or Huddersfield could just have an absolutely great great game. But I think these finals really sit solo. I think you could could have beaten a team twice and lose, and you could have lost to a team twice and win. It's it really is just who turns up on the day and how the occasion really affects it. And I think it's going to be a really interesting game for us. You know, we've never been to a playoff final. And then for many of our, our fans, well, for all of our fans have never been to new Wembley for, for many of our fans have never been to Wembley. Um, and for many of these players will have never been to Wembley. Huddersfield on the other hand have, have, have had that experience. So maybe not some of the players that they have now, but um, their fans definitely have. So it'll be an interesting affair. It'll be interesting to see how the two teams match up. 
Yeah, I, I think again, not to not to be boring, but I agree with most of most of what you've said there. I think over the three games we played them, yes, we 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 beat them twice, and then the the game that we lost, we were we were by far the better side. And obviously, you know, we got hit on a on a on a counter, and um, we lost one nil. I think I suppose Forest will be well aware. Look, I don't think there's anything to hide from any team that you play in the playoffs now because they you know strengths and weaknesses are so un- well understood and we know what Huddersfield's strengths and weaknesses are they 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 are compact they're hard to beat they've got great set pieces obviously the cup game that we played them I in you know we were undone there from a a, a a weird at the time it was a weird and bizarre um corner routine but has now become the norm for Huddersfield and it's so it's so uh it's useful to them and it's an outlet and obviously that's how they've won the semi-final so we've got to be wary of that in terms of giving them opportunities in and around the box to, to deliver set pieces and free kicks. But I think you're right, Forrest will, 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 will still be confident coming to this one. They'll know exactly how they can hurt Huddersfield. Huddersfield will know how Forrest can, can hurt them as well. So it will be a, a, a contrast of um, of styles and approaches. And um, yeah, it, it will be, you've got to respect Huddersfield. Huddersfield are a good side. They've been you know, above Forest in the league, people will point to, to the head start that we potentially gave teams. But look, over 46 games, Huddersfield have finished above us and, and, and therefore need to be respected. I think the bookies' odds obviously have Forest as firm favourites, but I don't think it'll be as easy as, uh, as as maybe some neutrals are anticipated. I don't think any Forest fan is, is writing off Huddersfield. And I think we all appreciate it. it's going to be a difficult afternoon. And we just need, you know, that bit of look, bit of rubber the green, bounce the ball, all the usual cliches that come out, but Forest Forest will need that. And um but you know the approach there you said in terms of the rest, you know, it was interesting when we talked about the two legs. And um I think the two legs actually probably sum up why I think the, the, the break will be a benefit to Forest. So obviously the first leg Forest came out of the traps and were on fire at Bramble Lane as we've just talked about. Obviously you know, technically almost a two-week break for some of those players because we made so many, or a week and a half, sorry, we made so many um, changes, if you like, um, for the whole game that obviously therefore allowed players to get that rest and recuperation. And I think it showed. there. And then obviously we had the quick four-day turnaround to the second leg and that tiredness started to creep in and show again. And look, it's going to be a hot afternoon at Wembley you would think it's going to be a tense it's going to be emotional so I think the break helps Forrest just to recharge those batteries get another uh, 10 days rest to 11 days rest in Keenan Davis who I think is going to be a hugely important figure obviously on the day um, and Forrest will just keep doing what they just need to keep doing what they've done don't they focus on one game at a time focus on how we can hurt them to win the game and execute the plan interestingly obviously Huddersfield have chosen to go to Portugal for the week um, which you know might work might not only time will tell the result next weekend will we'll show that but Forest will definitely just go through the same routines and the same process that have taken them to this point won't they yeah 100% I think um, the key for Forest is just doing everything that you've done up until this point and I think um, you know they'll know what to be wary about when it comes to this field Um It'll just be who handles the occasion that 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 little bit better, um, and and whose routines you know is best going into that into that moment. You know you just got to hope that Forest just carry on doing exactly what they do, 
and as they go into Wembley and they step out on that pitch for, for the last 90 minutes of the season, that they can get that one last victory. Yeah, and look, there is... I've tried to block it out of my mind, the touch, and try not to think about it, but you can't help, and I think the mind's now started to wander that way. I suppose as the pre-match nerves and the build-up to Wembley starts to kick in. I think, as I say, everything so far has just been about Tuesday. Now, obviously, the weekend's out of the way. It will all be about the, the stories and the narrative around the final will certainly start to ramp up. And there is, we can't hide it. There is so much riding on this game um, in terms of the you know, next season, but also the, 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 you know, what, what then comes with that and therefore the, you know, the immediate future of the football club. And um, yeah, it's hard for us. And I think that's part of the emotion and that'll obviously add to the nerves and add to the day for the players themselves. They just need to try and block that out. Don't they? And, and, um, and, and just try and focus on the job, which is probably easier said than done. But, you know, mentally, Forest have had so many challenges up until this point. And I think some of those challenges should hopefully stand them in good stead for, for the weekend. Obviously, we've talked about the disappointment at Bournemouth. They've come back from that. They've gone to Bramall Lane and they've put on a performance. They've, they've gone, you know, they've been ahead 3-1 on aggregate. They've got it back to 3-3. They've come through it. They've won it on a nerve bite in penalty shootout. They've had all of the cup performances that should be in the back of their mind as great experience. All the stuff that we talked about coming into the semi-final. It's been a great season for these players. These, these, this, the, the players themselves and the team have grown in confidence and, 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 and mentally time and time again. We, we've talked about the whole mentality of the football club changing, but from a playing point of view, that mentality to go out there and, and, and attack the game and go out and win the game. You, you just hope, don't you? you? You know, there is a bit of hope because Steve Cooper said after his interview on Tuesday that um, you don't know how some players are going to cope with the pressure and the occasion, but you would think that Forrest have, have, have had the experience this year that, that would should and hopefully give them the tools to handle what next Sunday will bring about. Many of these players have shown that that they they like to step up on the on the big occasion. You know when when uh, when the nation's watching. You know when when we've played the likes of Leicester and we've played the likes of Arsenal and, and even Liverpool, who you know could have easily been a different result on a different day. Um, they've shown that they like to step up and and that's that's knockout competition. And this is this is now the playoff in the semis. Obviously, it is a knockout competition, but over two legs, it's a bit of a different different affair and a different way of approaching. Um, this final's a knockout, you know, it's, it's one, one game, one ninety minutes, um, you know, to, to win or lose. Um, and so it'll be, you know, that, that cup run will hopefully, hopefully stand them in good stead. Um, and, and that experience that they've now got, although a young squad that will hopefully take them to, to the place where they need to in, in Wembley. Going to be some occasion, isn't it? It's going to be some occasion. Some stato out there, Tommy. How how big is the Wembley pitch, Tom, in comparison to uh, to the Huddersfield pitch? Because obviously, I had this thing about obviously Forest looking forward to getting on that big, expansive Wembley pitch, and, and that bubble was was burst in terms of it not being too dissimilar to the the City ground pitch. But I'm just I'm just interested in terms of how how does Wembley compare to to what the Huddersfield players are used to on their own ground? Because obviously, that is an area of Forest that. You would think on a big, expansive pitch, Forest like to to play a certain way, and as you say, they've got players who, who who you hope would thrive on the big occasion. That 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 might work for Forest, and especially if it's going to be a hot day. If they can get in and about Huddersfield the way that they started that first leg against Sheffield United, then 
you would fancy Forest, wouldn't you? I mean, where's your head at? Do you, do, are we going to do it, basically, Tom? Are we going to be talking? Are we going to be sat here the next time we sit on this pod? Are we going to be talking about Forest being promoted to the Premier League? I, I, I think so. You know, I, I've always said that if if Forest can can make their way to the final, that 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 would be the time that they did it. You know, I've always thought that. That, that if they could get there, you know, finally get there, that, that that would be the day that they do it. I think, you know, like you said, yeah, I mean, people talk about pitch size and all these small margins when you come into a final. I think, yeah, the, the Wembley pitch size is, is similar to, to the City ground. In some, in some respects, that that will really suit Forrest. Um, I think the Huddersfield, Huddersfield might not be too dissimilar either, to be fair. Um, but, you know, in the... Yeah, if, you know, in terms of, in terms of approaches, you know, um, It'll be really interesting to see how these two to come up, but you know, I think when you get to a final, you know, I've never been in this situation. You've got to just, you know, hope that it will be that way. But, but my head, you know, over my heart in this this respect is is saying that that Forest can do this as well. Um, but, but I'm going to go with the prediction that I've always had when when Forest have, have got to playoffs, if they can just get to that final, they they would do it. So many times before, they've not made the final. And this time they have, so so let's see what happens. Yeah, I I I I agree. I am um, coming into this one. I'm I'm, I'm confident that there's a variety of reasons that we've we've talked about this evening, and 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 the way that Forest will approach the game. I I, I fancy Forest to to, to win this one. I think it'll be it'll be it will be a tense afternoon. It'll be a a, a, a nervous afternoon. Um, well, hopefully Forest will, will come through the other side and. Um, yeah, fingers crossed for for a cracking Sunday afternoon evening in London. Um, we'll we'll look we'll, we'll see you all at Wembley. Um, for those of everyone fortunate to have a ticket, um, it's going to be some occasion. And uh, as the boy said today, let let's paint London and point paint London red. It's going to be um, yeah, it's going to be hopefully a brilliant Sunday afternoon. As always, if you want to email us, you can contact us at timeaddedonpod@outlook.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at Time Added on Pod, or give our blog slash uh, site a read timeaddedonpod.wixsite.com forward slash home. Get the lucky shirt washed, get the lucky pants washed, get down to London, let's do it. Come on, you Reds.